Why is it so hard to build a new habit or to reach a new goal? Today in the Hello Mornings podcast, we're talking about one simple way we can make it infinitely easier to start a morning routine, build a new habit, or reach a new goal. Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and you're listening to the Hello Mornings podcast, where my goal is to help you begin and build a life-changing morning routine so that you can have peaceful mornings and purposeful days. Now, each episode of this show is designed to inspire you in one of the three key areas of a great morning routine, and those are God time, plan time, and move time. Now, if you're not familiar with Hello Mornings, I'd love to invite you to head over to hellomornings.org to download our three-minute morning routine and watch our mini workshop that explains how you can have an incredible morning routine in just three minutes. So today we're talking about the secret sauce for building a morning routine, starting a new habit, and reaching a new goal. What is that secret key? It is, drumroll, it's building a personal inventory. You're probably like, wow, Kat, that was really anticlimactic because I don't even know what a personal inventory is. So that's what we're diving into today. We're going to talk all about what a personal inventory is, how it can help you, and how to get started doing one. Now, In Hello Mornings, in our academy in particular, but then really throughout all of Hello Mornings on the podcast, in our emails, in social media, we're going to be covering one theme per month. Because what I really want and what I really hope is for you to grow this year, for you to see the change that you've always wanted to have. And I think one of the biggest reasons we often don't see that is because we get distracted. We try one thing, but it doesn't really work. So then we switch to something else and we just don't get any traction. But if we focus on one theme per month and just make simple, small tweaks and changes, then month after month, year after year, we're going to see the growth that we long for. And I know that often in podcasting and social media and the online world, the thing is to share something big and something new and something different. But I'm really passionate about seeing you grow. And I know that so much of that is found in the small, consistent things that we do every day. And so we're going to be focusing in on one topic per month. And I'm excited for you to join us this year. This month, that topic is taking a personal inventory. So what is a personal inventory? Well, let me break it down for you in ways that I think you'll be very, very familiar with. When you get into a rental car or you drive someone else's car, what's the first thing you do? You probably adjust the seat and the mirror and maybe the steering wheel and then maybe the radio. When you cook a new recipe, what's the first thing you do? You probably check the pantry to make sure that you have all the ingredients. You make sure that your family isn't allergic to anything in the recipe and that people like generally what's in the recipe. And if they don't, maybe you take them out. For example, I have a certain member of my family who shall remain nameless, who is not a fan of onions and calls them 
Nonios. Remember, all my kids are teenagers, but based on their childhood experience, they call them no neos instead of onions because they really, really don't like them to ruin their recipes. So I chop up the onions really little for our recipes and make that accommodation so that all my children will eat all the things that I cook. That's just simple, silly examples of what it is to take a personal inventory. It's just noting how you are, what you have available, and adjusting so that you can get the most out of the resource you're about to use. So when you get in the car, you adjust the seat so that it's easier for you to drive. You adjust the mirror so that you can see and you can be safe. You adjust the radio so that you can have an enjoyable drive listening to something that you enjoy listening to. Now, if you didn't do those things, what would it be like? You'd probably have an achy neck. You might not be able to drive for as long because you would get bored Maybe your muscles would hurt, your arms would get tired. If we can adjust our circumstances to help us reach our goal, we're going to reach it that much more quickly and that much more easily. I think very often when it comes to the new year and we want to set these great goals for our morning routine or for new habits and for new goals, we pick out a very big complex plan and then it doesn't quite work for us and we tend to think we are broken. We think there's something wrong with our self-discipline. There's something wrong with our ability to follow through. But in reality, it honestly just means that you're normal and that the plan isn't a one-size-fits-all. We need to tweak our plans to fit our particular circumstances, our personalities, and the way that God designed us. A plan should just be a starting place and then you shape it to fit you. If you've ever run out to the car on a cold night and you grabbed whatever shoes were available, maybe it was your husband's or your kid's and they don't fit, you know it's a lot harder to run to the car in shoes that don't fit. But if you get perfectly sized shoes, you can run a marathon. Tweaking things to fit you can make all the difference. One more story. Again, you know, I love the Olympics. You know that I recently interviewed Laura Wilkinson. If you have not listened to that podcast, definitely check it out. One of my favorite episodes. She's an Olympic gold medal winner in the 2000 Sydney Olympics. And when she was training for the Olympics, she had a training accident and broke her foot. So leading up to the U.S. Olympic trials, she could not get in the water. Now, often when we encounter an obstacle like that, we think, oh, oh, well, I guess there's no Olympics in my future. And that's often how we approach it. But instead, she and her coach made a plan that allowed her to train for diving without getting in the water. That seems counterintuitive, but obviously it ended up working because she ended up winning the gold medal in that Olympics. She simply took what she had available, tweaked the plan, so that it would work for her, and that tweaked plan allowed her to reach her goal. So what about you? What goals do you have for this year? What habits are you trying to build? How are you trying to develop a morning routine? If you already into this new year feel discouraged, know that it might not be you. <laughs> if things aren't working, it's just that we need a different plan, and we need to tweak the plan for what works for us. We don't just need more willpower. We don't just need more self-discipline. 
We need a plan that is appropriate for us. Thomas Edison famously said, I didn't fail. I just discovered 9,999 things that don't work. Then he went on to try the 10,000th element and invented the light bulb. So it's not about seeing things as success or failure. It's about seeing failure as feedback and making an adjustment as you move forward. All right. So if we begin the year of growth with a personal inventory, we can then use that to reference over and over again as we're trying to build a new habit or develop our morning routine even more deeply or set a new goal. We can say, oh, what works for me? when I'm trying to build a new fitness habit? What works for me if I'm trying to dive into this particular biblical study a little bit more deeply? It's not just a one-time thing where we do a personal inventory and then we forget about it. This is something that I want us to do year after year and to really keep in the back of our mind every time we set a new goal, every time we're trying to tweak our morning routine or build a new habit. How, How did God create me? In what way did he create me that I can use that information to make it easier for me to build this habit or set this goal or develop this morning routine? All right, I hope that gives you a little bit of insight into what a personal inventory is and how you can use it in your life. So now let's dive into, well, how do I get started doing one? I've never even heard of this thing. So you might be thinking, I need a little bit of insight on how to get started. So I'm going to give you five questions that you can think about, journal about. Honestly, these are questions that you can go as deep as you want to. The first thing I'm going to explain to you is the idea of concentric circles. So when I ask these five questions, you can answer them just in a very general sense. But if you ever want to go deeper on one of the questions, Think of your life in terms of concentric circles, so like a target. Now, in the center of that target is your relationship with God. So then you can apply each one of these questions to your relationship with God. Outside of that ring is maybe your relationship with yourself or a loved one or your family. Outside of that might be your work environment or your church environment, however you have your values and priorities, in the center is the most important thing, and then outside rings follow after that. So as you ask these questions, you can apply them to your life in general, but then you can also apply them to each one of those concentric circles. And it'll just give you more insight into how you operate in different circumstances, how you view different relationships, So keep that in the back of your mind as we work through these five questions. All right, the first question is, what season of life are you in? This is a pretty basic question. You might be a student right now. Maybe you are a retiree. Maybe you're a mom with young kids or a mom of school-age kids or a mom of college kids. Maybe you are... Uh, working and in the midst of the kind of throes of building your career. Perhaps you are in a season of transition. What season of life are you in 
right now. So take some time and think about that just in general terms, what season you're in. Again, with those concentric circles, you can take that question and apply it to your relationship with God. What season am I in? Is this a a growing season? Is this a dry season? There are so many different ways you can take this question deeper in each one of your relationships. But however much time you have, how much energy you have to go as deep as you can, I encourage you to just ask these questions as deeply as you can without exhausting yourself. Because I know sometimes doing exercises like this can be a little bit tiring. So whatever you have space for, do that and give yourself grace to just go as deep as you can and leave it light if that's what works best for you. Okay, so the second question is what situation are you in? Now, this is a very, very important question because for many of us, our season will be very similar. Many of you might be young moms. Many of you might be retirees. Many of you might be students. Many of you might be in, you know, the peak of your working career. But what situation do you have? And this is where things get a little bit more helpful, I think, because we can often compare ourselves to other people that are in our same season, but we don't take into account the situation that they're in. So if there is a young mom who has three small children and she can't figure out how to have a morning routine, she might compare herself to another young mom who also has three small children who seems on social media to have a thriving morning routine. And it can be discouraging. But if you think about your season, you can look deeper and see that maybe one of those moms, her husband is deployed. And she doesn't have family nearby because she lives on a military base. And life just seems kind of in upheaval right now. While the other young mom has a husband who works from home and has a very flexible schedule and has family nearby. They're both in the same season, but their situations are completely different. So it's important for us to recognize not just seasons that we're in, but the situations that we have that impact our ability to invest in a morning routine, in goals, in habits. And while we can always invest in those things, we might need to change our pace or the way that we approach it based on our situation. So take some time to think about what your situation is, what your season is, and then what your situation is. The third question is, what are your drainers and fillers? <laughs> now, what do I mean by that? Well, what are the things in your life that drain you? What are the things that fill you? Now, this is really one of those questions that if you use those concentric circles, you can go really, really deep. For example, as you're spending time with God, what are the things that drain you when you try to do Bible study? And what are the things that fill you? For example, maybe you don't really thrive with a written Bible study journal that you have to write in the notebook. Maybe for some reason, just the handwriting, um, the structured format drains you. And perhaps you thrive more 
with a less guided, more open-ended Bible study, and that fills you. Perhaps if you're trying to build a morning fitness routine, running drains you, but doing a dance fitness class fills you. Maybe in your life in general, you've noticed that being around people for too long drains you, but getting some time away by yourself fills you. So this is one of those questions that you can go really, really deep in and be very specific about. And I encourage you to spend a lot of time here because it's important to recognize what drains us and what fills us because it might be different in different situations or on different days of the week or different weeks in the month or months in the year. What drains you and what fills you? You can just draw a line down a piece of paper and start to list things out. You could have different areas in this area of life. This drains me. This fills me. And the more specific you can be, the more insight you're going to get about yourself. Now, the reason this is an important question is because as you look to build a morning routine, as you look to build a new habit or reach a new goal, you're going to find a lot of recommendations out there from a lot of successful people or people who have achieved the things that you want to achieve or people that are just really excited about what works for them. But if you don't know what works for you and what doesn't work for you, you can't tweak that plan to be most effective for you. But if you have this list where you know, hey, this is my season, this is what I have the capacity for right now. This is my situation. This is what I have available to me right now. These are my drainers and fillers. And I know that as fun as this person makes going for a run look like, I, I know that's not me. <laughs> and so I'm going to put my energy elsewhere. So make your list of drainers and fillers. And again, I would put this in a document on your phone um, in a journal, in a place where you're going to go back and reference it and add to it and tweak it because things can change over time. But if you can have this personal inventory, it can be such a valuable resource to you as you try to figure out why something's not working or how to make something work better. All right, question number four is also a big one. I love this one. What are your energy levels like? Now, for me, I tend to wake up, uh, I'm tired at the very beginning. Uh, but then once I get going, I'm, I'm pretty awake first thing in the morning. But if you find me around two o'clock, y'all, I need a nap. And I have a little couch kind of thing in my office. And I will often take a little nap just around the two o'clock time period because I have zero energy at about that time of day. And I'm not thriving then. And I often would tell my kids when they were little, I don't answer questions or guess after 5 p.m. Because my kids had a phase when they would say, mom, guess what I'm thinking? Or mom, guess what I have in my hand? And they would just want me to guess everything. And I just did not have the energy for it. I'm like, mom doesn't guess after 5 p.m. I'm sorry. So I knew that I didn't have the energy to thrive as a fun mom and guess things after 5 p.m. And it sort of just helped me set that boundary, which exhausted me less and gave me more energy to do other things like make dinner. So what are your energy levels like at different times of day, on different days of week? I've noticed uh, my son and I go to the gym throughout the week, and we've noticed that there's always a lot of people there on Monday morning, fewer people there on Wednesday morning, and it's pretty sparse by Friday. And then the next week, it starts again. Lots of people on Monday, 
fewer people on Wednesday and pretty sparse on Friday. And I think that can reflect energy levels in general. We have a lot of motivation at the beginning and it can peter out towards the end, but then we get it again at the start of a fresh new week. It's an important thing to know about ourselves. So what about you? What do your energy levels look like throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, and maybe throughout the year? And if necessary, you can plan rest times around that. You can plan little mini sabbaticals, just a morning where you get away and get off social media and get off all the input that we have in our lives and just sit and spend time with God and listen and get restored. Take some time today. Write down what your energy levels are throughout the different seasons, days, and hours that we have in our lives. All right, the fifth question and the final one is what are your personal tendencies? So this is obviously also a much deeper one. And what I would encourage you to do here is to take some personality assessments. There's a ton out there. Most of them, or many of them at least, are free. You can do, uh, there's a website called 16personalities.com. It's a Myers-Briggs-based test that can give you a lot of insight into maybe how you operate. And one thing that I will say, personality assessments do not define you. They are not the end-all be-all. God can change us, transform us, grow us, but they can be insightful for the moment. So I encourage you as you take these tests, don't own them as your identity, but use them as a resource. For example, when I took mine, I realized that I am what's called an ambivert, where I love people and I love to be around people, but I also get restored as an introvert and I need some time by myself. And I found when I would go on very um, extroverted trips, like a mission trip or a big vacation with lots of people, that I would by the end be really grumpy because the extrovert part of me wanted to spend all my time with all the people and I would never force myself to take the time away. But once I learned that I'm an ambivert, I was able to recognize, oh, I'm starting to feel a little grumpy. Why is that? Oh, it's because I need time away. And then I would be able to take that time away and dive back into relationship with people without ever having that grumpy pitfall that I used to have. So we can get a lot of great knowledge about ourselves by taking some sort of personality assessment. Again, there are tons out there. Um, Myers-Briggs is a great one. You can take the DISC assessment. I believe that one might cost money. But there's even the simple ones like the lion, the beaver, the golden retriever, and the otter. You can just Google that and you'll probably get a version of that as well. So as you take these, just notice things that tend to be true about you that you identify with and use that information as a resource. So the five questions, what season are you in? What does your situation look like? What are your drainers and what are your fillers? What are your energy levels like throughout the different seasons of life? And what are your personality tendencies? We can go so much deeper, and if you want to, you're welcome to join us in the Hello Mornings Academy, where we are covering a actually a different point every single day with our daily podcast. We have a live workshop that you can join in there as well, but this is a great place to start just with these five questions. So I encourage you to take some time, 
this week and this month to ask yourself these five questions, to journal, to explore, and to create your own personal inventory so that as we all grow together this year, you can be even more effective in building your morning routine and creating new habits and in setting goals that we can actually reach because they're custom fit to you. All right, I hope that was helpful for you. And if you want to learn more about beginning and building a powerful morning routine, just head over to hellomornings.org and download our three-minute morning kit. And it's going to give you everything that you need to get started. And if you're enjoying the Hello Morning podcast, I would really love it if you would leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to the show. Now, my name is Kat Lee, and I'm so grateful that you've joined me today. And I hope that I've inspired you to build a great morning routine to start some new habits, to set a goal in a way that is custom fit for you so that you can begin waking up for your life and not just to your life. I'll see you on the next episode of the Hello Mornings podcast. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet, but I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king And in this place my heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with his grace His grace and sweet new mercy May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in This song is called God Day by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com.